eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni, who is on the road down in College Station for um, Texas A&M opening fall camp, um, which took place on Wednesday night. Uh, the team hit the, hit the practice field for the first time. Brian, how's how's everything going? We're going to dive into everything with the with fall camp and and obviously the big recruiting weekend, but how's how's the latest trip down to College Station? Oh, it's nice, man. It's just nice because uh, football's back. And I think uh, the first day of practice was exactly one month until the start of the season, at least the start of A&M season. We're going to get some football the week before, I mean, you got Notre Dame playing in Ireland and some other games, so we're getting close. So that's what uh, that's what I'm most excited about. You know, we got to see players hit the field on Wednesday, so you know, there's some there's some football to talk about. I like that. It, there's a ton, there's a ton of buzz. Yeah, we can kind of get away from all the the off season projections and guys getting put on preseason lists and and all that stuff, and actually talk about talk about practice and 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 really dive into things. And uh, there was some news. Uh, on on Wednesday, um, out there, um, Daryl Dickey was working with the tight ends. Um, had previously been the offense coordinator and, and QB coach. Damian Craig, who had been working with the wide receivers, was now working with the quarterbacks. And James Coley, who had been working with the tight ends, was now working with the receivers. What did you make of that whole kind of change? And I know they all have experience kind of at that at those positions in the in the past, which was the first thing that kind of jumped out to me, but, but seeing them in action, all three of them, what would you kind of make of, of that? I think it all, it all makes uh, sense to be honest. I mean, Damian Craig has been the wide receiver coach since Jimbo arrived in college station, but you know, he was an all SEC quarterback at Auburn in college. So he definitely knows what, what he's doing. And, you know, as a quarterback coach, uh, James Coley at receiver. Now he has coached receivers before Daryl Dickey at, at tight end. He's coached that before. You know, it's just a little weird having your OC, you know, as the tight end coach in Dickey. But, I mean, Jimbo Fisher has always called his own plays and, and always will. So, you know, I don't think it's really that big a deal that now uh, now Dickey's with uh, with the tight ends. And I'm sure, you know, if quarterbacks need something, he's he's there. And these guys, you know, can can look back at their other positions. But I uh, I, I like the moves. I like all, all three of them. You know, it'll be interesting to see Coley recruit uh, – recruit wide receivers now because uh, he's done a great job recruiting tight ends. He's known as a recruiter, you know, from his time as Georgia, from his time everywhere else. Uh, Miami really wanted uh, wanted to steal him this offseason. A big reason was, uh, you know, his recruiting prowess, especially. 
in South Florida. So, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Obviously, on field is the, the biggest news of it. But since A&M recruits positionally, uh, that's that's going to be really interesting. And there's obviously a couple targets down in that area that they're recruiting in this cycle that James Coley's been involved with. Obviously, Hakeem Williams is the first one that comes to mind. And and so that's going to be the other interesting part is is kind of what effect this has with A&M has been in the, been in the mix with a lot of those South Florida receivers. And um, obviously you mentioned James Coley has those ties as for Daryl Dickey. The first thing that kind of came to mind for me is like, I think this also gets him more involved. He's very much being behind the scenes. We mentioned Jimbo Fisher works a lot with the quarterbacks and, and calls yeah. the plays and, and all that. And so um, I think getting Daryl Dickey involved tight ends, um, it's a, he knows the game. Obviously, he's been around the game for a long, long time. And so, um, you know, I think that's going to be a pretty smooth transition. And, you know, I, I I don't think you'll see a major drop off at that position. And and for Damian Craig, he goes back to a position that um, had a lot of success in college. And so I think it could end up working out on all on all fronts and um, puts people kind of in, in positions where they're comfortable. But it is going to be interesting to watch James Coley and uh, working with the ride receivers and and just um, and just what that does to wide receiver recruiting as well, and and where A and M kind of targets, um, you know. Speaking of the tight ends, I know that was that was kind of everybody's big takeaway from from day one was, you know, Theodore Mellon Ostrom came in at um, two fifty five, I believe, and um, as a freshman, and and certainly is 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 built really really well. Um, and the tight ends overall on, on day for day one seemed to really be the group that that everybody was excited about. What what takeaways did did you kind of have getting around you know as many position groups as you could in, in the short window that you were out there? Yeah, no, for sure, tight ends. I mean, that was the one position I really wanted to see, other than obviously defensive linemen with all the five stars coming in. But tight yeah. ends, I mean, they went last year in that class from planning on taking to one guy. I mean, Donovan Green was the guy. You know, then uh, Theo Orstrom uh, reclassified. You know, he graduated a year early. And then, you know, uh, after uh, uh, Max Johnson left LSU, you know, Jake Johnson had decommitted from LSU, was not planning to go there anymore. And, you know, just the the family called up A&M. Hey, you know, what if our boys end up in Aggieland? So they took uh, Jake Johnson, who was ranked the number one tight end in, in the nation in the class. They took him. Uh, you know, he made an announcement on the first day of the early signing period. So, you know, they went from planning to take one to, to taking three, and then you had Baylor Cup leave in the offseason. So it actually turned out to be, a, you know, a great thing that they did that. It's going to be hard to keep any of these guys, uh, these three. You know, obviously Max Wright's there and has, uh, you know, he's a guy that that has experience and, and he, you know, blocks and just does everything right. Uh, you got a couple other guys in Blake Smith and Fernando Garza, but it's going to be really hard to keep those three freshmen off the field. Um, wouldn't be a shock just because he has the experience from the spring if if Jake Johnson ended up, you know, as a starter early. But, uh, you know, Theo Orstrom looked really, really good. Now, obviously, you know, we've talked about it on here before. His, you know, the only time in pads he's played is in Sweden against – you know, guys, you know, he's not playing against D1 guys or anything. So, you know, that's going to be a huge adjustment, to, you know, going from that to the SEC. Uh, Donovan Green, though, he played at Dickinson, a class 6A school. Jalen Weidemeyer had done the same thing, made the transition and, and played early. So uh, I think Donovan Green can do that. So, yeah, these guys, you know, all three have a chance to be really, really good. And, you know, 
it's a good problem to have, but I don't envy Dickey and having to decide playing time, uh, playing time there no, at that group. There's no doubt. And with Jake Johnson, especially just so natural and everything that he seems to do, you know, kind of a natural pass gator, pass catcher and, and just really fluid running routes and, um, you know, it's and and same. You know, I've, I've always kind of felt that with Donovan Green, that just seems to be really fluid and and you know has experience. You know, one of the jumps that that a lot of guys have to make when when they come to college is, you know, the blocking, getting up to speed of the blocking and and as a receiver. But the, at you know at Dickinson, John, Donovan Green was asked to do both of those, and so it feels like he's kind of up to speed and has a has a leg up in that in that front, and and so it's going to be really interesting. And you know, I know. Max Wright and Blake Smith and Fernando Garza are, are certainly going to be pushing for playing time as well. And um, I agree though, it's going to be hard to keep any of those three off the field. And there's, there's a reason that they were, um, they were brought in and, and thought so highly of, you know, all three were in the top 10 of the, of the rankings and the tight ends for the 2022 class. And so, um, you know, you've, you've read three guys that, that can provide immediate impact and um, it's going to, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun battle to watch over the over the next couple of weeks and you know what I know everybody um, is is keeping a close eye on the, on the quarterback position as well with Max Johnson Haynes King and and Connor Wigman that battle really starts to ramp up now over the the next couple of weeks um, and I you know Jimbo Fisher on uh, on Wednesday during his press conference said there's no timetable to name a a starter you know he kind of has an idea in mind but he's not going to yeah, say we, that of course yeah we've learned from him he is going we've to learned. name he may not even name one they're just going to trot somebody out now yeah. it'll leak it'll leak for sure but i mean think back yeah. to the kellen mond deal i think we we uh you know broke that news the 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 week before kellen mond's first game uh, in jimbo's first season but jimbo still didn't announce that yeah. and just trotted out mond so yeah, i said no time but yeah because he's not going to announce it you know he's, yeah, he's the, you know you don't want to give who's the first you don't want to give sam houston a, a leg up and knowing which quarterback to prepare <laughs> for you know so yeah no it, it, it's one of those things where yeah he's i think he said like i have a timetable but i'm not going to tell you what my timetable yeah, is and, oh, and, okay yeah yeah he so, you know, kind of played it out exactly how you'd expect. And also, you know, was kind of asked about him. He, he definitely was not tipping his hand about any way he's leaning. was asked about, you know, are there specific characteristics you're looking for in, in your quarterback? <laughs> yeah, he said, oh, I want Jimbo, one that's but, fast. Oh, who's that yeah. going to be, you know? I want a guy who's got SEC starts. Oh, who's that? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah in Jimbo Fisher, Fisher fashion, say all three bring different skill sets to the table, and that and that's what the quarterback position brings. And so, you know, he he mentioned kind of the the generic things: decision making, accuracy, timing, you know, things that that you would normally think about. But yeah, he was he's he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna tip his hand one way or another. Um, but I think it's yeah, it that's does, shocking that that he yeah, just, shocking. That was the biggest know? news of the day yeah. was that he didn't he didn't yeah, he didn't yeah. have much to say. Um, but you know, I think the one theme, and you know, Anaya Smith mentioned this as well during his um, during his presser uh, that you know the competition overall around around the group, especially from some of the young, younger players that have come in already from this 2022 class, have really pushed the upperclassmen as well and. I think we've kind of seen that with guys like Evan Stewart making an immediate, you know, yeah. impression and, and, and being able to step in. And um, the secondaries is, is another position that's going to be fun to watch because there's guys coming back from injury, Brian George's, the miles, miles Jones. You've got Tariq Chappelle who had, who really came on the second half of last year. 
Um, you got, you know, Jalen Jones. There's just a whole bunch of guys that, that are in there, you know, Antonio Johnson and Bryce Anderson and Deuce Harmon are all kind of battling in there as well. And, and so the competition in the secondary is going to be really, really fun to watch. And, um, you know, I think that's exactly what Jimbo Fisher kind of wanted. And, and those thoughts have been echoed by, by players over the course of the last couple of, of days as well during press conferences. No, for sure. Um, you know, you know, you're talking about a secondary and that's going to be, but going back to, you mentioned Anias Smith. So the receiver group, I mean, that's got, yeah. you know, Anias, Anias is going to play. Uh, he'll get plenty of playing time, but you know, Chase Lane has a ton of experience, but even just the first day when you see Evan Stewart out there, which I, I mean, if Evan Stewart doesn't come out as the starter against, uh, against Sam Houston, I think we'd all be shocked, but then you see Noah Thomas and Chris Marshall and it's just, those guys, you know, just do things and look different than anything AM has on campus with their size and speed and athleticism. So, yeah, that's another position that those, you know, like, like, you know, Chase Lane and, you know, Hezekiah Jones is now, you know, uh, retired, medically retired. So, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that. But those, those older guys are really going to have to, you know, watch that. But yeah, so defensive back, I mean, uh, you know, Antonio Johnson is going to play as much as yeah. they can have him play. I mean, he's, you know, projected exactly. as a first-round pick, All-American for a reason. After and and you know, it, it seems like it might be hard to keep Jordan Gilbert off, but you know, who knows? What if you know Bryce Anderson comes on really strong or any of the yeah. other guys? But you know, Damani Richardson, he's been there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it really is pretty open. I mean, let's say Smoke Bowie just has a great camp, you know, or you know, like I said, Bryce Anderson at safety, or uh, you know, Denver Harris. Yeah, you know, with him being healthy this year, uh, you know, coming on just. Yeah, it's it's not out of the question that some of those uh, veterans start seeing their playing time decrease, and you know it, it's frustrating for them. I'm sure if that does happen, but it's a great problem for AM to have. You know, you always want the young guys to get experience if they're you know you don't want to have to put them in, but if they earn their way in, you know that's you know that's a different story. And you know, so if let's just say you know for example, if Jalen Jones is is beaten out by one of the younger guys or being out for some playing time, at least that means those guys have really, because Jaden Jones is a great player. He already a two year yeah. starter was a five star, but that means those guys have made a huge impact already. And that's a, that's another just great problem to have. It's not, you know, you don't have to throw them out there to the wolves. So, so uh, you know, that means that they've truly proven that they, they belong and can play early. Yeah. And, and if, if, if A&M learned anything over the past couple of years, the depth, that you need to get through an SEC season. Just look at what happened to the secondary last year of losing two starting corners and, and kind of guys that had to be thrust into roles early on. The more guys that you can have that you can you can be able to turn to, especially younger players, if, and, and get them up to speed, the better because you never know when you're going to need them or when injuries start to start to rack up. It can take two games for, for you know, injuries to start to pile up and um and suddenly you're in a hole so the more guys you can get up to speed right now the better and and, and kind of go from there and you know i think i think it was jimbo fish that said yesterday that comp competition avoids you know avoids any complacency setting in and and i think that's certainly true and and kind of a a theme that that makes a lot of sense and so uh you know and the other the other uh position that i and i think there are there are some battles going on is is along the offensive line and, and kind of where, where things go. And we've talked about it before, but um, you know, seeing Jordan Spasovich Moko line up with the first team ones at guard is, is I think a noteworthy development and, and goes to what we continue to talk about, about, 
you know, in just one, you know, in just one year in the program and kind of where he's, where he's made strides and, and picked up his, his, um, you know, picked up the game of football, especially at this level is a great sign for AM and um and, and a guy that can be really impactful in the run game. It was just more a question of in the past game, where can he, can he pick everything up? Can he pick blitzes and stunts up? But, but to me, that's a, that's a great development to have him up to speed and ready to go. Oh no, for sure. Um, You know, we, we just got done talking about all this depth everywhere. The one place, you know, that I think depth is a concern is, is offensive line. And, yeah. you know, luckily offensive line isn't like other positions. They don't rotate, you know, very much. Usually if, a, if everybody's healthy, they play the entire game. So, you know, that's, you know, a good thing, but yeah, you really do need, you know, with, there's a lot of experience coming back, but you do need somebody to step up uh, for that, uh, for that second guard spot opposite uh, Layton Robinson. And uh, yeah, Moko, you know, another guy, you know, we talked about uh, Theo Orstrom, but I mean, just doesn't have experience at this level of football. You know, he last, I know, I'm not sure he ever even suited up at Snow College or if yeah, he did, it was so, you know, a couple games, coach. but, but yeah, so his last time he suited up was for the Brisbane Rhinos, you know, uh, <laughs> this, you know, a local team in Brisbane, Australia. So, and again, not playing against D1 competition. So yeah, if he's ready to go, I mean, he's strong as an ox. You know, he's really athletic. I mean, when they were recruiting him, he would put up videos of him doing just like ridiculous <laughs> things that even small guys couldn't do. So, I mean, he's got those tools. So, yeah, they think he's ready to go. That's a, that's a big storyline because, you know, the rest of the line, you know, I know Trey Zoon obviously doesn't have the playing experience, but, you know, looked great in the spring and all reviews are that he's, you know, looking really good at tackle. So it really just that, it's that one spot, that one guard spot. And if he can do that and if he can, you know, lock it down, that means that he's, that he's another guy that's earned it. And, and like I said, he's got the tools. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. No doubt. And, you know, no where the um, Jimbo Fisher mentioned in his press conference that Trey Zoon's working his way back from, from COVID. So, um, you know, I know there was a lot of concern about, you know, him not being out there yesterday and, and Jimbo Fisher did mention some guys are kind of coming back out of that, that protocol. So no, no concern there. Just got to work him back into the fold, but you mentioned he had, he's, he's expected to be, out of the left tackle and um Akia Gunby was working over there yesterday and um you know I think that's it's kind of noteworthy just in terms of him you know having experience playing inside and playing outside and and they re- they really need to be able to develop some tackle depth and so if he's a guy that can play you know as kind of a swing guy and and, and you know him and Blake Trainer kind of feel like the two guys who would be off the bench or, or first call in and, and will be relied upon at, at some point this year. And so the fact that he was getting some experience at, at tackle in, in, in fall camp to me is not, a, is not a bad thing at all. And and you see what you have there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, fall camp is long. Trey Zoon will be back. He'll be plenty healthy by the time, uh, by the time the season starts. So, you know, yeah. It's, it's, so, I mean, I know some people were a little worried with Aki out there, but Aki's a good player. What happened with him yeah. though is he? So he was a big dude in high school. You know, three thirty yep. or so. You know, run heavy offense. Their senior year, they completed Kempner completed fewer than ten passes his senior year. I mean, all they did was <laughs> run. You know, so he's a mauler. But what happened when we got to AM is he, you know, he wor- was working on losing weight. He lost too much weight. You don't see that happen, yeah. but that happened. Well, now he's back up to uh, you know what they would prefer to have him at, and. You know, he's, you know, he's not a bad option at tackle. I don't think you probably want him as your starting tackle. If he's in your starting line, if you want him a guard, but he's not a bad guy to have in there. You know, if something does happen, if Zoom goes down or father, he goes down, 
you know, he can he can step in. There really aren't. I mean, Blake Trainer, you know, did did that last year. He came in, you know, struggled a bit. Um, so there really just aren't that many options at tackle. Like we said, the depth is the issue there. So, you know, get him work there. It's I, I it's not a bad thing, and it's just camp. I mean, people. Yeah. It's it's not even just camp. It's just one day, the very it's first one day, day of camp. I mean, I don't believe Blake Trainer was even out there. So who knows if he would have nope. been in front of him. So, I mean, I don't know who fans exactly wanted their at tackle. If they were, you know, if they were complaining that Aki was out there, I mean, there's just, you know, A&M really needs to add some tackle to their spot. I mean, would they rather have him or Hunter Herb, you know, a true freshman who just showed up and who might right. end up at tackle might end up a guard. I mean, I think they'd probably freak out more if there was a true freshman in there. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Way too early to calm down, guys. Calm down. I saw. I saw yeah, the overreaction. Calm down. Calm. Yeah, yeah it, I, it, it, we're gonna, be fine. It's, we don't need to make another appearance on um, the board. Message board geniuses. Message board geniuses freaking out oh, like yeah. they want to give. Uh, but you know, you mentioned the you know kind of the depth. Luke Williams, I think, was in there as as the second as second string right tackle, and so um, you know we there was some guys still missing, and you know. Just going through the the roster was obviously released yesterday, and one thing that that was a, kind of a great sign for me was was PJ Williams already being up to two hundred and eighty five pounds. We mentioned he was a guy that was going to have to basically take a year to to add. Hey, some you know how we just told people to calm down on uh, on Aki? Remember how we were telling people to calm down on who were freaking out about PJ's weight in high school? I mean, PJ yeah. played his sophomore year at two twenty five. It was his first year to ever <laughs> play offensive line, and he added you know more, but played his senior year at two fifty five. I mean, I think both of us just kept preaching, hey, he's going to add weight. Like, you would yeah. much rather him be 255 now with his frame than to be 320 and then have to completely reshape it. So calm down. Yeah. We'll get to another thing, too, that we we kind of told people to calm down and, and ended up playing right. Um, we're going to we're gonna take a quick break and, and, and come back and talk a little Texas A&M recruiting, which has really picked up over the past few weeks. And 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 they're coming off a big weekend and, and looking to add to it so stay tuned we'll be right back after a quick break this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. Brian, um, speaking of panic level being high, um, about a month ago, it feels like at this time, we were kind of trying to remind people to to kind of stay patient, and, and A&M was going to find find their groove on the recruiting trail at, at – at, at some point later this summer and the pool party was going to be kind of a big 
momentum boost and it it played out almost exactly that way um you know a and m lands a huge commitment from anthony hill on the saturday around noon just to kind of kick off the pool party some guys were already in town um dalton brooks commits later that day um and then add add their first commitment from dylan evans a day later and samu tamun pepe um <laughs> you know what i, 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 I need they, to work on that nailed one. it nailed it nailed I, it. I mean i don't i don't know i've never <laughs> actually asked him to say his name but there's yeah. polynesian names a lot of times you just pronounce every Ooh. vowel and you're probably going to be right so i kind of had the you know the the spelling it out here just to, yeah just we'll just go samu like, that's if the first we, time that, that that's the yeah. samu is the way we go but that's the first time i've said it so um and then the, obviously the big news about um malachi nelson coming in for a visit but just just starting with Anthony Hill, because I think that was that was really the the huge news. You and I had kind of mentioned a couple of weeks ago that this felt like kind of a line in the sand type of recruitment. He was down to AM in Texas. And for AM to get him, you could immediately see him start going to work on a guy like Darian Gallette, another guy, TJ Shanahan. He was recruiting him. Um, it's a huge addition for for Tyler Santucci, just in terms of adding a guy of his caliber to the linebacker room and 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 that that position kind of needing that sort of jolt. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a huge deal and, and probably the shot and shot in the arm that this recruiting class really needed. What do you think this could mean for for A&M going forward, heading into the fall now? Yeah. So I don't think A&M, I'm trying to think, I mean, back in the history, I'm not sure A&M has ever signed a five-star linebacker. Um, obviously they had Harold Perkins committed last year and he, he switched to LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Warren, I don't remember if he was five stars coming out of high school. He might've been, but no matter what, Anthony Hill is the highest linebacker they've ever, you know, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. So going to be the highest linebacker they ever signed. Uh, so as a player, it's huge, but bigger, bigger than that is the momentum. Like people, you know, if you don't think Jimbo Fisher and that staff, like, they do things for a reason. I mean, so, you know, I remember LSU fans on Saturday were just like, you know, some were like, you know, that's way too many people to have on, on campus, you know, for that pool party. And then another person like, you know, saying it for LSU, like, we've never had anything close to on campus at one time as that list, you know, that, that yeah. A&M has, I mean, there were, you know, seven or eight, five stars, a ton of national top 100 people. And, Anthony Hill commits at noon. You know, the there are kids starting to arrive on campus then, but the event doesn't even start till 5.30. He commits at noon. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming at noon, you know. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that was – and what happened? I mean, social media exploded. All these kids, uh, all these kids, you know, are just like, man, what's going on at A&M? And then you had, you know, then you had the coaches and, and support staff and all that just tweeting about momentum and hinting at future commits. Like, yeah, that really did – that got the ball rolling. I think – you know, Dalton Brooks, we talked about him several times. You know, he's real quiet, doesn't do interviews, not because he's, you know, I, he just wants to be quiet. He just wants to go about his business and find a field. But I think it helped. You know, he's been on the verge of committing for a long time, but I think it really helped get him, you know, just wrapped up in the excitement and it's like, all right, let's get this over with. You know, let's do it. Uh, Dylan Evans, same thing. I mean, he was in town since, you know, the entire weekend. Got caught in that. Then I think, you know, uh, this coming weekend, you'll probably, you know, we're going to see an announcement from the kill uh, B trend and, you know, it, it looks good for AM. and uh, TJ Shanahan's a guy that could announce soon, you know, probably A&M's top overall offensive line target. Um, yep. You know, so just that, just so momentum, you know, from all those guys there and then all the, you know, a ton of 24 guys, you know, A&M's not going to take a ton of guys that early, but a bunch of 24 guys are really loving A&M. So 
I think the the Hill deal obviously is huge for for on the field. I mean, he's he, he can play all three spots, but he's you know he's just a Mike linebacker and can you know loves loves hitting and can cover. But but it really is you know just that momentum. People say, oh, the top linebacker in the country is now committed there. Oh, you know, look at all these guys yeah. on campus. Like, I want in. I want in. I want in. I want to so, play with that guy. Yeah. So that was you know like I said you know huge head to head win over Texas. You know people on our board on all the A and M boards were just. You know, as you said, you know, like calming down. They were, you know, worried tech when Texas got that momentum after Arch Manning, you know, and, and landed, you know, they landed what Malik Muhammad and, and John T. Cook were two of the guys that AM was was heavily after. Um, you know, they're like, Oh, is AM ever gonna get a commit again? Like, you know, Jimbo Fisher has he lost his touch? No. Are they no, gonna finish like, in the top six? Yeah, AM likes yeah, AM likes closing, like that's what they do. Yeah. But but yeah, but also, you know, you just need a, a shot in the arm and, and Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill did that. So great player and and great for momentum. Yeah, just a fantastic like athlete too. I mean, he was basically Denton Ryan's second best running back last year as well. I mean, they had him on kind of sharing sharing the load in the running back room because he's he's the second best option they have, and and just the way he moves for his size. Um, it's just phenomenal. And, and, you know, adding Chase Basantis too, that's three top 100 kids that A&M's added in the past few weeks. And, and just like that up to number 33 in the, in the recruiting rankings as of Thursday. So, uh, up close. And that's what, that's spots. what nine, that's what nine commits and nine. Commits. Okay. We, we, we've already, okay. We're not an anti Tyler white podcast. We love Tyler white, yeah. but his <laughs> ranking is, you know, is not going to add a ton. So really that's with eight, yeah. you know, with eight position players committed there up there everybody else up there has well into well into double digits so the fact that AM has five national top 100 guys is is yeah. really impressive with with how small the class is so far and steve wolfong kind of pointed this out and and i think this is the the bigger number to look at is AM as of this past weekend had the second highest um average ranking per commit which speaks to the quality of kids that they are and that's with and, that's with a punter, you know. That's with once again, we love Tyler White, but that's with the punter, <laughs> you know, dragging dragging the average down a bit. So yeah. Yep. Oh man, if we ever try to get Tyler White on the no Tyler, podcast, we talked to him. We talked to him. We, we, Tyler White. Tyler good. White. He's big, big gig. I'm two four seven fan. We're big he fans. Is, he We're is. big fans. He's, he's the big... number one ranked punter in the country. We saw with Braden Man punters are people too. They're very important, yeah. but they're just not going to be out of the same. I'll be out they're of They're not going to have the same Tyler. ranking. So yeah. I'll be out. I'll be out at, at some of, of, of Tyler's games, so he will. Um, we'll have plenty from him this year. Um, and big, you mentioned some of the decisions coming up this week. Um, Darren Gallette's the first one coming up on Friday afternoon, and you know I think every this is one of those decisions where everybody's kind of, you know, cl- craving to kind of know where he's going to go ahead of time. And I think it it's gotten really close with him between Texas and Texas A and M. You know. If, if you would have asked me last month um, and, you know, talking to people around his, his recruitment, Texas held the advantage. There's no doubt about that yeah. coming off of the momentum and, and getting him in on the final week of July. But A&M's just really, really picked away at that, at that recruitment. And the question is, have they done enough? And I, I think the good news for, for A&M is in kind of a hidden piece of good news is he, he didn't use his official visit this past weekend. So if, even if A&M were to lose out on this recruitment to Texas, they still have the official visit kind of in the back pocket to be able to try to push, to get him back on campus this fall. But I think it is kind of a toss up and, you know, it doesn't hurt that A&M was able to get him back on campus, um, 
you know, the final weekend before the dead period. And, you know, he did a zoom call with the staff on Wednesday. And so, um, you know, I think he's, he's a really thoughtful kid that's just trying to kind of figure out where he wants to go. He's really high on both schools. Um, and it's a tough decision. And I think that's, that's really where things stand as of Thursday morning and for him. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll announce his decision on Friday afternoon and, um, I would think he'll take much of today to kind of figure out where he where he wants to go and and where he wants to announce. Yeah, I'm not sure he's actually, you know, fans, you know, obviously they want to know where's he going, where's, you know, this isn't like it was 10 years ago where kids, you know, you do have some kids really surprised. Um, but I I don't think even schools know, you know, where he's going. He's down to A&M, Texas and Ohio State. I think it's fair to say it'll be one of the in-state schools. Yeah. It's not like it'll be Ohio State. But I don't think uh, even A&M or Texas uh, know just yet. And that's, you know, which, you know, it's like, why is he, you know, why is he doing the commitment now? But I think he just sort of wants to get it out of the way. And also, yeah. you know, just, you know, both classes are, are sort of filling up. So, you know, also make sure he's got a spot in the class. So, but, you know, we're, we're working on that. Uh, we're working on, you know, you and I are both working a bunch of sources and, and, people that info on that so you know pay you know come to the boards we'll we'll have more but but yeah that's one that if AM does that then they're pretty much done at the linebacker spot i mean they would take yeah. you know they'll take an elite guy but you know that'd be three they love anthony hill they love damian sanford they love uh darren galette so uh they would be really happy happy with that haul kind of would be a dream dream linebacker class for them and in, in terms of exactly how they how they wanted to fit out but in, you know, Darian Gallette and, and Anthony Hill were kind of the, have been the top two targets for, for quite a while. Um, and then obviously the big news of the, the weekend as well was AM getting um longtime USC commit Malachi Nelson in on a visit. Um for me, you know, I was asked on the podcast earlier this week, you know, is 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 AM gonna be able to flip him? And you know, I think AM ideally looking at, at the way they've tried to handle these things in the past is they just got him. They got him on campus for a multi-day visit, which was huge, getting him in town for the pool party and, you know, avo- uh, skipping a, a, a USC recruiting event that was going on the same weekend shows you that there's genuine interest there on, on his part. It's going to be tough to flip a kid out of California, just down the road from USC um, that has been connect- connected to Lincoln Riley specifically for so long, but yeah, he was committed. Uh, if fans don't know, he was committed to Oklahoma, yeah. uh, you know, with Riley. So he sort of followed him there to the hometown school. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. But just getting him on campus and, you know, you, maybe you try to get him back on campus in the fall and kind of try to push this all the way to the signing day and just see if you're able to do it. Um, it's kind of where I see this thing at right now, but there's, there is obviously very genuine interest. It's very, it's very real that AM's in the mix for him and and you know they're just gonna have to keep working behind the scenes and see if it's enough to be able to flip him. Oh no, for sure. And you know, what's I mean, AM being in the SEC and having a ton of eyes and having a huge fan base is is going to be big. Now USC has a bunch of fans too, but you know, it's you just don't see the rabidness, you know, out on out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they can go to the beach, they can do other things, you know. Not right. not not a ton else to do in college station. So, <laughs> you know, you're they're gonna watch football. There's gonna be a hundred thousand people there in the stands every week. So that's uh, that's gonna help AM. You know, Nelson, you know, as as he should, especially as a quarterback, as a five-star quarterback, is looking for an opportunity where he can, you know, really take advantage and maximize his uh name, image, and likeness, his NIL yep. uh potential. And you know, USC, you know, is is a, a very good program. It's on TV a lot. But, you know, again, it's just, you know, 
are the fans rabid? Are the fan are the fans rabid enough for that? AM's yeah. in the SEC, and I think could, he he could take advantage of that. So that's what I think AM, you know, is gonna be the big, you know, sort of selling point is hey, you know, the fan base, the SEC, you know, all that. So I don't expect uh, Malachi Nelson to tip his hand at all until uh, until signing day. I mean, he's not doing interviews now, which is not surprising. But I mean, he has not done one since the visit. Um, you know, I don't even know if he's posted on social media since the visit. His season's going on, but you know, he's a guy that A and M will just continue to you know work on to whittle away, and it's an uphill battle. But you know, yeah. it's it's worth it's worth trying and getting him on campus is huge because I think that's his only. Only other visit he's taken other than USC, and yeah. it was a big weekend for USC. A he skipped weekend, U- yeah. he skipped USC's big recruiting weekend to uh, to come to A and M. So I mean, there's definitely interest there, and I mean, you'd rather be the school that got him for a visit than you know any others that are trying to flip him that didn't. So um, you know, like I said, uphill battle, but A and M's in as good a position as they could hope for. Yeah, they're 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 in exactly where they. They want to be and and just continue to work on him behind the scenes. I think this is kind of the way they've always tried to play these the play these sorts of things out. Is maybe you can get him in for the Miami game or get him in for the LSU game down the road and and just continue to to kind of plug away. And you know, one of the, I, I think a good point that that Steve Wolfong kind of brought up during his Wolfong whip around on on Wednesday night is you know one of the things Malachi Nelson's kind of looking at is is guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud that have gone outside of California and gone to Ohio State and Alabama and had success, had NIL deals and had, you know, been able to been able to have success on that front as well. And so that's another thing that he's kind of looking at and 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 at least exploring and 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 looking at his options. Obviously, again, he's been the committed to Lincoln Riley for so long, going all the way back to 2021. And so um, you know, he's just kind of looking at his options and seeing, you know, what's on the table. And, um, you know, A&M is a school that, that has been working on him for quite a while behind the scenes, just to get him on the visit was, was pretty huge. And so, um, you know, people ask, and, you know, I have to say, you know, speaking of this podcast, quite the prophecy a couple of weeks ago that, oh, yeah. you know, um, you know, we know it, stuff, man. We, we know we stuff. We talked about, yeah, we talked about uh, surprise visitors, and last year was Walter Nolan, and you mentioned uh, you went to the prospect list and looked at the number two prospect was Malachi Nelson, and predicted then that he would be <laughs> on a visit for the pool party, and I was quite. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that, yeah, in, yeah, just inside info. At that point, Malachi Nelson, I think it was actually about a month ago, and I don't think. That trip definitely wasn't planned. I don't think AM was even in contact with him then. But yeah, <laughs> I remember just saying, I bet the number two prospect shows up just as a joke. You know? And I was like, let's look and see who it is. But then I think we said, I think I was like, hey guys, I'm joking. Malachi Nelson's not coming. So yeah. I predicted it, but then went ahead and told people it wasn't going to happen. So yeah, just, I probably shouldn't just have said that. It would have part. Set, it, it set off the, the internet virus though. But that, yeah, that yeah, point, I just but, you know, didn't, want to let, didn't want to let it out of the bag just yet. Yeah. Kind of no, A&M has been somebody. talking to him for a while, but I think that was that was before it had really even heated up. But yeah, just it's sort of funny up. that yeah. two years in a row, the number two prospect in the country sort of just makes an out of nowhere visit, you know, to yeah. A&M. I mean, Walter yeah. Nolan had come out with the top three or four and had and not A&M included A&M. Not A&M. Yeah, and then right after the visit, he came out with a new top two. I think. <laughs> I, think oh, I think A&M, A&M made A&M made an up. impact there. So. Yeah, you can kind of sense as soon as they, you know, A&M was in that top two and some other the other 
top threes were were out that that AM had certainly made an impact there. And you mentioned Akil Bertrand. He's also coming up on on Saturday and um, you know, a guy that that made it into town this week and has since reopening his recruitment, um, has you know, he's made well, he's made a couple trips to AM now and and AM seems to be the school that that sits in a good spot for him heading into Saturday and uh you know would be another big addition to the 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 offensive line class a big big human as people like to say at this at this time and um you know and and you know just I think he's going to need some development and need some time and and that's going to be the biggest thing is he's kind of a developmental player that you can bring along but um a guy that AM seems to be in a good spot for yeah, if you want a guy that's raw, you want a six seven, three hundred ten pound guy that's raw compared yep. to a six three, you know, whatever, you know. So, I mean, you look at him; he looks he looks every bit the part. So, uh, I can see why he's got the offers that he does. Uh, interesting, Auburn is actually recruiting him as a defensive lineman. I don't yeah. expect him to end up at Auburn, but uh, you know, so shoot, if all else fails, you know, throw him on the defensive side of the ball at some point. But but yeah, I mean, he looks like you know, looks like a. a I, you know, stereotypical left, uh, left tackle, just the height, the frame. So, um, would not be, would not be a bad addition at all for AM. You know, like you said, not a guy that's would like to contribute early, but, you know, one that would be worth uh, taking a flyer on for sure. No doubt. And then the other, you know, sticking with the offensive line, um, Caden Jones is the guy we talked a lot about. And, um, I think, you know, Really got to see the top two. I think the, the two schools that are really standing out for him right now, Florida and Texas A&M, saw them on back-to-back days this this week. Went to the Florida Friday nights camp on Saturday on Friday night, and then came to A&M on Saturday. Yeah, I know a little redundancy there. Um, but uh, and mentioned, you know, A&M really really continues to make it. And I know he's he's a he's a legacy, but one of the things that he talked about coming out of this trip is he's kind of built his own relationships now with. With AM. He's got his own relationship with, with Steve Adazio that goes along just being beyond just being a legacy. And I and so I think that's where AM really wanted to get to. He got this time he got to talk to a lot of the players who raved about getting to work with with Steve Adazio and and being at AM and and um you know they they feel like it's been the right choice for them. And so um, you know, right now the plan is to get back for official visits at both AM and Florida this fall. And we'll see about timeline. Right now, he kind of mentioned this, you know, December, late fall, but it, it wouldn't be a shock to see him make a decision earlier than that. But um, you know, AM and Florida continue to kind of be the two schools that that seem to be making the biggest impression on them right now. Yeah, and Florida's recruiting well. Uh, it does help with AM. I mean, his mom went to AM. His uncle is Marcus Jasmine, who played a defensive line for AM in the uh, early 2000s. So, you know, he's grown up with AM. I think the first time you saw him, he came in wearing an AM uh, yep. shirt. He didn't even have an offer at that time, but, you know, just at a camp wearing an AM shirt. Uh, you know, so that, that definitely helps, you know, and I know he likes Florida, but AM is, you know, a little closer to New Orleans and, and with the ties and, I think he really does like Adazio and likes Jimbo Fisher. So, uh, you know, I would lean towards him ending up in the AM class. Not a done deal. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I think that uh, – let's say – so an offensive line class, they have who? Chase Basantis already in the fold, yeah. Colton Thomason. Uh, Nicole Bertrand uh, likely jumps in this weekend. Uh, TJ Shanahan is, is you know, big-time guy. Probably ends up in the class before before too long. Now, again, not not done, but – probably does and so the fifth guy could be uh could be Caden Jones and not you know that five-man class is pretty good class. solid I mean, class yeah I mean you don't have the you know immediate like left tackle day one starter 
Uh, now, Colton yeah. Thomas, and let's see how he does at left tackle, you know, or at tackle, as soon as he's playing right tackle, but see how he does it moving out from guard. You don't have that, but you do have two guys in Jones and, and Bertrand, Bertrand that could, uh, that could end up being, you know, that, that left tackle type. So, um, so yeah, I think that, that five people would, and, and they're all versatile. I mean, Basantis plays tackle in high school, like who plays guard, uh, TJ Shanahan plays tackle in high school, probably moves inside the guard, but he said schools are looking at him all over. So, and then Colton yeah. Thomason played guard last year, moving to tackle. He's six, eight, six, nine, six, ten. I don't know. He's tall. Um, <laughs> seven, but, you know, yeah, seven yeah, he's a guy, yeah, but he's a guy that could play, you know, a number of positions. So, you, you know, you really like that too, just the, the versatility. So, I mean, they're yeah. definitely worse classes. And not many better ones that, that you can sign. No doubt. And, you know, I think the thing to remember with this offensive line class is it wasn't like a t- – they weren't they weren't the Ruben Fatheries and, you know, the Bryce Fosters of this no. of this class that, that were immediate day one impact type of guys. No. There were some guys that you knew were going to kind of be developmental pieces in, the, in this sort of class. So um, not a bad class to be able to put together with, with guys that have tools and now you just have to be able to – kind of mold those skill sets and, and go from there. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I would, I would definitely stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. I don't think a and is done by any stretch heading into, into August and, and probably has more momentum coming out of this pool party than we kind of expected maybe going in, you know, you expected it to kind of be a boost in the arm, but you know, getting Anthony Hill on, on board, I think you and I try to keep expectations and reason. And I think we said like three to four commitments by the start of the season and, um, you know, it's certainly kind of picked up from there. So, um, you know, it, it'll certainly be interesting to see if AM continues to build on that during Galette. Again, we'll have more information on the site as, as it kind of comes in later today. But um, continue to stay locked in on the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. Um, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel to get a notification every time a new video drops. Um, give us a five-star review on Spotify and iTunes. Um, and we'll be back again next week. Um, just talk a little more about fall camp. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be an open practice on Sunday afternoon at I believe 445, right? Will be the open. So gates place. open at 430. They didn't say what time yeah. it actually starts. Yeah, Kyle Field, 430 gates open. Yep. So there'll, there'll be a chance for fans to see see players in action in, in fall camp this week. And, and we'll have plenty more on the recruiting trail as well as, as A&M continues to, to try to make inroads there. So with that, um, everybody have a good rest of your week and, and we'll be back next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.